Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Back to the Sports Ethos, Atlanta Hawks team covers podcast, formerly known as Hootball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, recording this the day after Media Day. Media Day was yesterday, September 23rd, Friday to be exact. Happy Friday and a happy weekend to all my listeners. Media Day is here for the Atlanta Hawks, the most optimistic time of the NBA season, next to tip-off, where everyone is excited, talking about what they did this summer, what they are looking forward to for the new season, like when you used to come back from summer break and they asked you, you know, your teacher, what did you do this summer? And that's your first assignment of the year. Usually a fun assignment, and it's usually a fun day. I participated in Media Day when I was in college myself, uh, playing Division II college football in the state of Missouri and got to represent my team in media day. And it's a fun day. It really is. And there usually isn't a ton of revealing news that happens on media day. Maybe some surprising quotes that get people's heads turning. And there were some interesting quotes at media day on Friday that were very telling and make me optimistic about this year, especially if this team works They're committed to the defensive end and to each other. They build continuity and most importantly are healthy throughout the, hopefully the entirety of the NBA season. But obviously it's not going to happen like that. But general health for this team is something that we have been lacking and it'll be good to get back as far as this year. And I was not part of media day in person, but some media colleagues in the Atlanta area were in attendance and I was able to get my Information secondhand from them. I certainly tip my cap to those who were there in presence, including uh, Brad Rowland, uh, Kevin Chenoward, uh Pat Benson, friend of the program, and so forth. But this episode, I'm really going to talk about the biggest takeaways from Media Day that I wanted to talk about. And there are several topics. And I'm just going to go topic by topic throughout this episode, which are going to hit them all, and I'm going to give my thoughts on them. The first thing that was a big theme from Media Day yesterday was just team and organizational focus, particularly on the defensive end. Now, defense was mentioned by several players in Media Day, Nick McMillan, even the GM, Landry Fields, as it was a point of emphasis this offseason as far as personnel decisions with players brought in, the new coach, obviously Longinbardi from the Sacramento Kings, who we'll talk about a little bit later. But it's great to see everybody on the same page as far as focusing on the defensive end, which was a cause of concern 
definitely last year. And it was a cause of concern the year before, but they gave more effort on that end, and it, they had more connectivity on a defensive end, especially during that playoff run. And they just, you know, they they could get stops when they needed to. And the Hawks really didn't get to that point until the very end when it was ramping up for playoff, you know, time last year. And by that time, it's a little too little too late. So Fields, Landry Fields, the new uh, GM, obviously Travis Slank has been promoted upward in the chain of command. Landry Fields, who did come from the Spurs organization and had a hand in getting DeJounte Murray over here. He started media day reiterating some of the moves that were made this offseason to improve personnel to players that were more defensive-minded. But he said, overall, defense improvement is a process. It is not about just injecting new players to improve talent. Now, I 100% agree with this comment. Yes, you're going to need to have some personnel to help improve your defense. But outside of injecting new personnel... You have to have the right coaching staff in place that can teach defense in a way that these players can buy in and execute on a defensive end on a nightly basis. You have to get everybody on board, whether they're new talent who are defensive-minded or the old guard that's been here in Atlanta for the last several years. It's certainly a process, and it's going to take training camp and probably a month or two into the NBA season for the defense to really take shape, but the improvement in personnel will certainly help this this team. That's air apparent. And one player and a couple players that I mentioned as far as improving the defense is the Holiday brothers who were both signed this offseason. Well, Aaron Holiday was signed by the Atlanta Hawks, and Justin Holiday was part of the trade sending Kevin Herter to Sacramento that brought Holiday, Mo Harkless, it's in pick in a pick back here to Atlanta. Both players are very solid on the defensive end. They have been in their career. Both will be rotational players for this team. And Aaron Holiday actually played for Nick McMillan in Indy. So he's familiar with what he expects and the defensive intensity that is required of, well, from Nick McMillan for his players to, you know, bring it on a nightly basis on the defensive end. So it's great to have that addition. Justin Holiday is familiar with Atlanta. This is a second stint with the Hawks, although this was a different time of him coming onto this Hawks team than before. Last time he was on a team that was a 60-win team. This time it's a different team, but certainly the talent is there on this team as well. And obviously the addition of DeJounte Murray helped infuse new personnel that can really help this team defensively from day one and from training camp day one, which training camp does start today. I'm recording this on Saturday, September 24th. Training camp did start today. So those players are certainly going to challenge everyone as far as defensive intensity goes. Those three players are certainly going to bring it. And Nate McMillan also added yesterday in media day, that it's about mindset and commitment. And he talked about how he loved the addition of Mike Longenbardi, who was a defensive focus assistant coach to the staff. Hell, even Frank Kaminsky, stretch four or five, talked about improving defensively through communication and recognition of certain sets off the offensive throwing at the, at the team. So everyone is talking about it. DeJounte Murray talked about how 
ball movement and playing the right way is going to be the key offensively, but how he loves playing defense and the best offense in his words is getting a stop, getting out and running in transition. That starts with the defense, getting stops, getting into transition, getting the ball into the hands of playmakers and shot makers and really putting some points up through getting stops and playing great defense. I saw this in flashes last year from the Hawks. They're certainly capable of it, but new personnel and hopefully a focus and a commitment, which has been obviously the theme of the beginning of this episode and <laughs> overshadowing theme of Media Daily yesterday. Hopefully that sparked something with this Hawks team. And getting stops and getting out and running, that defense actually plays into what Mike Prunty, the new lead assistant for the Atlanta Hawks, offensively what he wants to do. He likes to get out and run, you know, get in transition, maybe shoot a little bit earlier in the shot clock, run some sets, get people running, get the offense, you know, in rhythm that way by playing fast and executing on what they're good at. And we know what the Hawks are good at. And his offense could really, you know, this was already a really efficient offense last year, but this offense could really take another step forward. And we'll talk about how, they will accomplish this in particular this year. But again, marrying the two. You want to you want to run up and down the court and you know push the ball, push the pace offensively. That's gonna start with getting stops on the defensive end. So hopefully a union between those two concepts, this team can really buy into and take that next step forward. Uh even Capella talked about his biggest goal of this year. It's becoming one of the best defenders in the league. So everyone is saying the right things, committed to defense, talking about defense, and know that that is the focus this year. But we have to see it translate to regular season NBA games. Another theme from yesterday was communication and transparency. Uh, David Millen talked about how he's been in communication with multiple players this entire offseason, including Trey Young, which there's been some speculation about their relationship which has been some side chatter in some circles pertaining to this team. Uh, Nate McMillan says that he and Trey have been in constant communication all summer dating back to before DeJounte Murray was even acquired, which Trey Young was pushing to get DeJounte Murray here to Atlanta. Nate McMillan even went out to Oklahoma and visited Trey Young, spent time with him, went over some offensive ideas with Trey and how to use him in different sets, which is great to hear that they are communicating. They are looking for potential solutions and answers for how is Trey and DeJounte Murray going to, you know, get along and play alongside each other this year. And how can this offense continue to take the step forward? It's great that they're having those high level conversations and I'm excited to see what those sets could be. But more importantly, the communication is what I love between Nate McMillan and Trey Young. Both are committed to improving and maximizing communication between the two, which I think we need to see more trust in that relationship, which in turn will help out the whole team. I mean, if your star player does not respect or trust your head coach, that is going to be noticed by teammates, and that you know cause and effect will trigger down on them, and it may cause changes in how they interact with Nate Millen, how they feel about Nate Millen, how they respond to him. So this needed to improve. 
or else this was going to be another Lloyd Pierce, Trey Young situation potentially. I don't think it was ever that far gone like reportedly the Pierce Young dynamic was, but Trey Young went out and said, Hey, their relationship is really good right now. And if it's really good for him, it's really good for me. And it's only going to be better for this Hawks team. So that was a, a theme that I liked seeing yesterday. Trey Young said he's focused on winning a championship and nothing else. I mean, anything is possible, but I love the aspirations. Trey Young said he worked on his body, you know, putting on some good weight and more muscle after working out with Steph Curry and his trainer this offseason, along with, you know, Alex Brazil and his normal team that he works out with in Los Angeles. You know, last year, Trey Young did lead the league in points and assists and is continuing to want to improve his game for the betterment of this team. And it is safe to say that the addition of Murray is going to help him not have to be able to, you know, lead the team in points and assists. I think he still will lead the team in points and potentially assists, but he didn't have to lead the league in points and assists for this team to be successful because you have DeJounte Murray now. And most important thing that Trey Young said yesterday was saying that he wants to improve on being a focal leader, which is one thing that has been a constant criticism of him early in his career. But that takes time to develop and you have to develop a certain comfort level with yourself, with your role in the team before you can become more vocal. And being vocal as a leader was not a strong suit for him. But Trey Young sees the challenge and says that he wants to improve in that regard. And that is absolutely great to hear. So I love to hear that, you know, defense and communication are the two things that were overarching themes in media day, which how are you going to prove on defense? Communication is a big part of that. So those two things come together. And another player who was the recipient of, you know, open communication, trust, and transparency, and particularly from Nate McMillan, was John Collins, who Nate McMillan says that he is ready to rock and roll, John Collins is, and is always going to be professional. And even in the midst of adversity and trade rumors, John Collins says he wants to be a leader. He wants to develop, you know, the game mentally, become mentally sharper as far as with the game of basketball. And he also said that other things about his game – that he wants to improve, and I'll touch on those skills a little bit later, but I love the fact that he wants to be a leader. He wants to get better mentally with the game and continue to be vocal as well. I like seeing people want to step up and be leaders and step into the limelight and really challenge and propel this team forward. John Collins was always that guy last year, one of the best teammates on the Hawks roster, but obviously he was dealing with a lot, injuries, trade rumors, not getting the ball like he should be getting the ball. So there was a lot for him to deal with, but he remained a professional throughout all that. And Collins even says that he knew that Neyman Millen had his back before, but this was further entrenched with their offseason conversations around trade rumors. And he said trust was built there, and he's ready to you know give his all for this Atlanta Hawks franchise as long as he's here ready to bond with the teammates in Abu Dhabi and develop chemistry with DeJounte Murray. So communication, I like seeing that. Communication makes a an organization strong, a team strong, and usually lends to success if they are healthy means of communicating and healthy relationships developed within that organization. 
AJ Green, the rookie, even talked about <laughs> communication. He talked about being embraced by the veterans on his team and that there is good communication amongst the young guys. So communication and commitment to defense, two overarching themes. Another one, probably the biggest one, is health. This is the first full healthy offseason for a lot of these players. And this team is relatively healthy for the most part outside of Bogey, who is not 100%. But reportedly, you know, after media day yesterday, Bokey stated that he is in the final phase of his recovery and is shooting to be 100% by the regular season, which is encouraging. And I will talk about him in a bit. Nate said that there are about 10 or 12 guys that were in Atlanta getting work, you know, this offseason and, and particularly from August through September, uh, just improving on areas going into the season, which is a luxury this team just simply did not have last year. They didn't have this bill of health going into training camp that they, you know, that they have this year. They just did not have that, which led to the slow start last year. Okongu has had a full and healthy offseason that was mo mostly spent here in Atlanta working and talking with Damon Millen. And the work he's put in has his team thinking of more ways to up his usage, which I will touch upon a little bit later. Jalen Johnson, who wasn't able to do much this offseason with the procedure dealing with tendonitis, but he has been ramping up in August and September, and he is now able to do five-on-five -five drills, which is very encouraging. And apparently to Nathan Millen, he looks really good right now, which is a big sign. Jalen Johnson himself said that he's been doing five-on-five -five since about right after Labor Day and says that his offseason procedure went extremely well and he feels 100%. Jalen Johnson is going to be a key this year, and I'm going to talk about Jalen Johnson later in this program. Clint Capella had an Achilles issue last offseason, says he's doing well health-wise and is excited to have a healthy training camp, unlike last year where many other players on the Hawks roster were pretty banged up after that playoff run. John Collins says his foot and finger are both doing well, the foot is completely healed. It's just a matter of maintenance at this point. And his finger is, quote, not going to be too pretty, but it does not affect him negatively in basketball. So it's good to have him available after dealing with multiple injuries last year. Okongu, who has not had a healthy offseason or training camp in his career, finally gets it. And he says that it, it is exactly what he needed going into year three, a full healthy offseason to really just work on his game. A.J. Griffin, the rookie from Duke, is healthy. He says he feels great, said he needed time to focus on his body and mechanics to set him up for the season in the future. And if his mechanics are on, as far as shooting goes, and he commits to the defensive end, he could see some minutes at some point in the season, I think probably later on, after getting maybe some time at College Park. And last but certainly not least, bogey. I think if Bogey was healthy all year last year, he could have easily been in discussion for six man of the year, especially after, you know, him relegating to the bench after coming back from injury and how he performed off the bench. Bogey went off the bench in his career. He's just statistically a better player than when he's a starter. And there's nothing wrong with that. There are plenty of great players that this league have seen that are better off the bench than starting. Jamal Crawford, who's been in Atlanta. Lou Will, who's been in Atlanta. 
Jordan Clarkson's, the other six mans out there, Montrez Harold's. Uh, there are some people who just play better off the bench. They bring that energy, whether it's defensively or in Bogey's case, instant offense off the bench for the Atlanta Hawks. And here's the thing. This bench is going to be more defensive-minded and younger than last year. So Bogey's leadership, his drive, that offensive skill set that he brings to the table will be heavily relied upon in the bench lineups this year. And he could, barring health, have a monster year off the bench. And I even looked at the numbers. When he starts, Bogey averages 12.5 points per game, just under four rebounds a game, just under three assists, 0.7 steals per game, shoots just under 43% from the floor, 80% from the free throw line, 36% from three-point range. On, and he shoots just under 11 field goal attempts per game, making just under five of them. And he makes about 2.7 threes per game when he starts. So those are solid you know, starter numbers, especially if you're not the number one. If you're the number three, four option, those are solid numbers. But off the bench, Bogey's numbers just go up. He goes from 12.5 points per game as a starter when coming off the bench, he averages 17 points per game. And this is in his career, not just last year, in his career. 17 points per game, over four rebounds, 3.3 assists. He's better on a defensive end. He gets 1.4 steals per game. He averages 3.33 made per game. So three made three-pointers per game when he's coming off the bench. He shoots a higher field goal percentage off the bench. A higher free throw percentage, almost 86% from the free throw line off the bench. He shoots a higher three-point shooting percentage off the bench, 37% compared to 36. And he gets almost 14 field goal attempts per game off the bench and even shoots more free throws per game. The tape doesn't lie. When you watch Bogey off the bench, it's different compared to when he starts, especially when he's not the option and the ball is not in his hands. He needs the ball in his hands, which is why the bench roll is so tailor-made for Bogey's skill set. Bogey is the sixth man on his team. And if he can stay healthy this year, I think the Hawks will be really reluctant to deal him if he continues to produce like he's done in his career off the bench. And again, I say this again, there's nothing wrong with being a player that plays better coming off the bench. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just where it seems like Bogey's more comfortable in his career in the NBA. And certainly he was really comfortable on his Hawks team last year coming off the bench. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, who's going to be a big key this offseason. Naaman Millen talked about Hunter being able to work out during the entire offseason, something that he could not do last year due to injury as well, and how he looks really good right now. And it's in a really good place, which is very encouraging to hear since I've gone on record talking about his importance to this team's success this year and the message that the Hawks sent to the league this summer by not including him in trade packages, you know, outside of the alleged package that they offered to Brooklyn for Kevin Durant, which we don't know if that's fact or fiction, but that's the only time his name really was thrown out there. But other than that, the Hawks have been really reluctant to let DeAndre Hunter go. So, and, and I get it. They're banging on a lot from him. It's a contract year. It's a prove it year. He's going to have to prove it. So it's going to be really interesting to see. But DeAndre Hunter just talked about how awesome it was to have a full offseason to truly work on his game. Hunter said that he's focused on doing whatever it takes to help this team win. Despite the, you know, the contract dispute going on, 
thinking about his past injuries or inconsistency. He just wants to get better and win. Hunter reiterated, you know, saying, you know, he wants to improve his handles, which I've talked about on this program. And he wants to continue to grow his game going into the fourth season. And I said on Twitter yesterday and on this program, and I will continue to say this again, and I said it earlier, outside of the dynamic between Trey Young and DeJounte Murray and the defensive improvement and commitment on his team from everybody, the buy-in defensively, DeAndre Hunter's availability in developing some consistency and confidence is one of the biggest factors to the Hawks' success this year. We need Hunter to just play. Be healthy, be confident, play your game, and don't do too much. So we're going to talk about some more overarching themes from Media Day yesterday. But first, this plug. Okay, listeners, it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops. Now, I don't know about you. I'm in several fantasy leagues and every fantasy league that you are in, you have a rival. Pokemon, Ash Ketchum had Gary. And I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges before any other rank list? I know which one. It's the Brewskis 150. And you probably turned those huge wins into some cash. Or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. And Ethos 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues. Beat Gary with the help of Sports Ethos. All right, and we are back. A couple things I want to talk about, you know, concluding this episode. There was some potential foreshadowing on as far as usage for this upcoming season. One thing that Neymar Millen did say, and it was not really a surprise, is that the starting lineup seems to be Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, and Capella, which I could have guessed as soon as, you know, the move was made to get Murray and Collins stayed put, that that was going to be the starting lineup. But he did mention some other players getting some opportunities this year, in particular Jalen Johnson. Emelon says that Jalen Johnson will get minutes this year. He wanted to see him improve in his efficiency, maturity, you know, and seeing some growth during his first year in the NBA, which he saw in his time, you know, getting minutes at College Park with the Skyhawks. And Nate says that, you know, Jalen Johnson will have to battle and compete for minutes. And Jalen Johnson already said that he's prepared to do that, which... I love hearing that from a young player because this kid has so much upside, especially with his athleticism, his size, you know, his shooting form, his rebounding, his passing is underrated. There's a lot of things that he does really well and he's really talented. 
And I'm really excited to see him, you know, compete in battle and, and carve out a spot in the rotation for this Atlanta Hawks to have some athleticism, especially in transition and on the defensive end on this team at the forward position. It's just, I'm not going to say an embarrassment of riches because we did trade some of our assets away this year, but it's just something that will just help this team this year, having him on the court. I mean, he was so dominant in College Park, and he ready, he's ready to show that he commands minutes, and the Hawks need him to do so uh, to improve the lack of depth, perceived depth, at the wing position on this team. Jalen Johnson, you know, added yesterday that I know my game, and if I play my game, everything will fall into place. So I'm hoping that he will fall into place as far as having a spot on this team getting consistent minutes in the rotation. Onyeko Kongo was also mentioned as far as potential usage in this year's iteration of the Atlanta Hawks. McMillan says that generally the Hawks do not play through the post. McMillan added that they need to recognize and focus on exploiting mismatches in the post, which to me, this points to getting John Collins more involved, which I've been clamoring for, you know, play more through him in the post at times, especially when he has a mismatch on him, which a lot of times he does offensively. And John Collins talked about he wants to become a better ball handler and creator while getting to his spots. So I think that could be foreshadowing as far as getting John Collins more usage in his offense, which needs to happen to add a dimension to this offense. But to me, it also points to Onyeko Okongwu. Nimelon says that they're excited about Okongwu maybe having the ball more in his hands this year, similar to the way that the Miami Heat uses Bam Adebayo which is probably the most surprising quote of the day. He's not saying that Oyeko Okamba was going to make a huge leap and become Bam Adebayo, who was an all-star in the NBA, but how they utilized Bam Adebayo, you know, getting the ball in the high post, you know, being a really good passer, creating for the others, um, getting it to a point where he can blow past his defender and finish at the rim, featuring Okamu more, you know, with the ball in his hands is really what he's saying and I think he's saying that about John Collins and o, and Okongwu by not using their names directly, but talking about taking advantage of mismatches. And one thing that Bam Adebayo, he can't shoot the three, and that's not Okongwu's game at this point. But Bam Adebayo can shoot the mid-range jumper, which is something that they are hoping to see Okongwu take this year, take some mid-range jumpers because they're not ready for him to stretch beyond the three-point line. But that was the most surprising quote of the day as far as using Okongwu in a BAM out of bio row. That's something that I'm going to be very curious to see how they use it and how it meticulates, you know, throughout the year. It, it's new. It's a new concept. Maybe not for Okongu. He probably did this in the past, but for this offense. So I'd like to see how it's going to be implemented. Um, Okongu said that he wants to make another jump this year. He knows that shooting is a part of that jump. And he says that he knows he can shoot the ball, but wants to become more confident and take some shots when they're given to him. I think that 
will allow him to play, you know, some small ball five and maybe play the four alongside a Capella or John Collins or Kaminsky, depending on what type of lineup they throw out there. So if he can add that element to his game, a little bit of playmaking, shooting some jumpers, that's going to add an element to this offense and demand that. And I talked about on the last episode, joint episode with, you know, Ethos Bulls host Keith Cork about how Oyeka can get his usage up. Will he play more than 20 minutes a game? I think if he does this and he makes a step, he's going to play more than 20 minutes a game. I think so. With a healthy Collins and Capella, it would be tough. But if he is making that jump and it's, you know, air apparent that, okay, he is, he needs to be on the court. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. We will. But both Jalen Johnson and Okongu may be huge this year for the Hawks alongside with, you know, you know, John Collins making his comments about maintaining, you know, his foot, although it's healthy. You know, even Kaminsky could be huge this year as far as, you know, tapping out John Collins at time to keep him fresh and to keep him, you know, ready to go offensively and defensively. That will be something that I look for this year. Uh, Trey Young and Murray, they obviously talked about all offseason in several, you know, interviews and reports and even yesterday in media day about how excited they are to work with each other, you know, playing alongside each other. They're both working on some catch and shoot opportunities, knowing that they have another ball handler in this lineup that can run the offense. And, they're both excited to, you know, have some sets where they play off the ball and can create some opportunities for this offense and create some opportunities for themselves. Uh, that's going to be something that everybody in the league is going to be interested in seeing because not everybody thinks it's going to work. I mean, I had boss man on his program. He doesn't, you know, I'm not saying he doesn't think he, it will work, but he's skeptical. And there's a lot of people who are skeptical. There's a lot of people thinking Garland and Mitchell are going to be better than this tandem. I don't think they're going to be better than this tandem, personally. I think this is the best backcourt in the East. And I'm ready for these guys who are both competitors, both all-stars, and really just want to just win. I'm excited to see how they, you know, push each other through training camp, through practice, to better themselves and ultimately better this team. So that's going to be something that we look forward to all season long because both of them are going to be Huge keys in the success for the Hawks this year. Justin Holiday was mentioned quite a bit yesterday, especially on the defensive side of things. He will be a great 3 and D piece off the bench. And he also talked about bringing some veteran leadership to this team, knocking down some shots. He is a 36% career three-point shooter. And just doing the little things to complement the key players on his team. It's going to be interesting to see these players, you know, really come together, especially during training camp, which I'm excited to, you know, follow the reports of how things are progressing and seeing the first two preseason games in Abu Dhabi versus the Bucks. And the last thing that maybe wasn't a big thing, but this is something that I'm going to talk about and close this program with. I talked about on the last episode with Keith about trying to figure out what this identity of this Hawks team is going to be. Even Nate McMillan, even though I talked about it before Nate, so I'm going to say he piggybacked off of me, even though it's not true. <laughs> but Nate was recapping on last year, saying that he thought this Hawks team 
lost focus last season, which no matter what you say, no matter what you blame Nate McMillan for, and certainly it is fair to blame him for his share of the criticism from last year, especially in glaring examples of just mismanagement of the clock, lineups, and so forth. And Nate McMillan has a duty to this team to help this team focus, which he did a little too late, in my opinion, once they all got healthy. But I think the Hawks were complacent last year, coming into the season. They thought they already arrived last season, you know, after their Eastern Conference Finals run. And I'm going to be real. Outside of the injuries, their mindset was not right all year long last year. It was more individualistic. You know, there was an overinflated sense of self-confidence that got this team off track. They lost their workman-like mentality, their fighters mentality. They lost that last year. They didn't either, or nor were they able to work on their games last year, um, last offseason, which was the opposite this year. They were able to work on their games this offseason because they were healthy. This is a team that seems to have recommitted themselves this offseason, especially the defense, but to continue to improve and take steps forward. And we will see how training camp transpires. But Nate said that he was going to pose a question to the team yesterday before they started training camp, which is a simple question, but a loaded question. Who are we? What is the identity of this team? I think two seasons ago when they made their Eastern Conference Finals run, they were fighters to the very end every single game, and they were hungry to prove the doubters wrong. Last year, their identity was unavailability and complacency in some regards. This year, their identity needs to be redemption, being that, those fighters that we fell in love with, that the city fell in love with, and committing to the defensive end, turning defense into the offense. Those are the three things that they need to become synonymous with this 22-23 NBA season. And everybody seems to be ready to do their part, but they need to do their part. I love DeJounte Murray's quote, about coming to Atlanta to fit in with Trey and his team. That's great, but find your footing and play your game as well because you're an all-star, Murray. But I love that that quote, which is what you brought him for and what you love to hear. You know, even though you saw the antics in the Pro-Am, he really is an unselfish player. That Pro-Am was a chance to just act out, you know, have fun, you know. <laughs> Do some things that are uncharacteristic because it's not – under Pop's house or within a system. He's just out there playing hoops. He's just hooping. That's what he's doing and having fun while doing it. But his unselfishness and his workman's mentality is what is going to help this team. He said he's ready to earn everyone's trust in the organization, on his team, with the coaching staff, this city. He wants to work hard and lead by example in camp and, camp and help his teammates grow their games playing off the ball, and I think his edge, work ethic and mentality is going to be a huge positive influence in this locker room to help elevate Trey Young's game, Clint Capella's game, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, Bogey, Onyeka Okongwu, Jalen Johnson, A.J. Griffin, Justin Holiday, Aaron Holiday, everybody. He's a dog. DeJounte Murray's a dog. And Trey Young's a dog, too. Murray's just a little bit bigger of a dog. He's a bigger dog in stature. But bringing that dog in the clubhouse is going to bring the best out in others. And it's going to allow everybody, you know, to bring their inner dog out too. There's some dogs on this team 
that have just been waiting to come out. And Murray's going to allow them to have that. They're going to he's going to allow them to do that. This is what they needed to inject in this locker room: some toughness, workmanship, hard-nosed defense, team basketball. Injecting the Holiday brothers, both playing in successful franchises, and even Justin Holiday winning an NBA championship with Golden State, being a successful franchise, bringing those good habits and that defensive mindset to this Hawks team. Frank Kaminsky's time in Phoenix, being in a successful franchise that was good offensively and defensively, having a healthy offseason, you know, compared to a lot of the teams in the Eastern Conference and even the Cleveland Cavaliers. This has been a really healthy offseason. For the Hawks, they have made some good moves, and they know what they need to work on, and they know the work that needs to be done, and what the focus is this entire offseason and going into training camp. And it will take some time to iron some things out and integrate these new pieces with the old and making it all work for the greater good. But one thing that I noticed through the quotes is that there is a quiet confidence and optimism surrounding this team right now. Yes, it's training camp. Everybody is confident and optimistic, but it's different. I feel something different with this team. I might be the only one to say it. I haven't listened to the other uh, podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks, but I'm going to put my hand up and say this right now. I'm not saying championship, but I'm saying this. That confidence, that mindset, that optimism, and everybody being on the same page and that communication. I mean, I talked about you know, how big this bond, that this opportunity as far as going over to Abu Dhabi will be as far as for bonding, you know, for this team, you know, over in the UAE versus the Bucks. There's a lot of signs that this Hawks team will be a very good team this year. I was hesitant to say 46 and a half wins, which is what they're predicting as far as for this Hawks team. But after yesterday, sitting, listening to the comments, seeing these players, listening to this coaching staff, and leadership, and thinking, and doing my own due diligence, I can see it. Barring health, this team can win 46-47 games. They seem to be bought in. They seem to all be on the same page, which was not the case last year. There was a lot of other factors, including contract disputes and, you know, negotiations for several players. Hurtish, I mean, sorry, Reddish requesting a trade. Injuries, a shorter offseason, you know, None of that really took place this year. You know, I hated seeing them get bounced out in the first round, gentleman style. But having this offseason, a full offseason, will be to the betterment for a lot of these players. Especially these younger guys who need to take step forward. I think they're already off to a better start this year than they are last year. Just health alone. And, you know, even despite the slow start last year, this team still won 43 games. They finished the regular season strong, won the play-in tournament, and got to the playoffs. I think they definitely have a chance to surpass that this year. It all begins with training camp, and, and I'm going to be real. It began before training camp. It began with the work they put in this offseason, the communication that took place, the commitment to themselves, their body, their game, this team. I can't wait to see this come to fruition on the court. I'm excited to hear reports out of training camp and see them play you know, through the, you know, the preseason, they're not going to play any games here in Atlanta, but they're going to have their home opener here. And, you know, we already know it's a long season, 82 games. It's not going to be pretty. There's going to be ups and downs. That's just the game of basketball. But if this core, if this mentality, if this communication can stand firm and stand strong 
through the rough patches that will occur in the beginning of this year. I like the potential for this Hawks team to make some noise and maybe even get past the first round. Maybe finish sixth in the Eastern Conference. Seventh. Who knows? They have an opportunity to have a really good year this year and to correct their wrongs from last year. They just got to go out there and prove it and do it. They got to reprove themselves, and it's time for redemption this year. This is their redemption year. Redemption year. I'm excited to see it, and I know you are too. I'm excited for training camp starting. Basketball's back, almost back. You know, we're in the midst of football season. I'm watching football as I'm recording this, and I'm being really focused on the Hawks right now, even though my team's playing. But I'm just, it's something about this Hawks team. There's a lot of experts out there who feel the same way. Something about the Hawks team. Well, Hawks, let's give them something to talk about. And if you love what I was talking about today and you love what I heard, give us five stars, give us a good review, share it and tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. We are back. The season is almost here. You're going to hear my voice early and often. It's time to get back and talk Atlanta Hawks. The NBA season is back. So share with everybody, Hawks fans, Georgia sports fans, NBA fans, basketball fans, it does not matter. Put them on to this program if they want to hear about the Hawks. I mean, simple as that. And put them on to our Twitter and my Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks. At Twitter, that's at Ethos Hawks. And follow myself on Twitter, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-67. We'll catch you guys next time as training camp continues to roll on. Any news, any big thing that's coming out of the Hawks camp will be coming out here. Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks. We'll catch you guys next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.